Hello, and welcome to The Bite, Hope Brooklyn's weekly podcast for bite-sized spiritual thoughts to inspire you as you center your life around God's great story. Thanks so much for listening. We're going to read Matthew 4, verse 12 through 16. When Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he withdrew to Galilee. Leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum, which was by the lake in the area of Zebulun and Naphtali to fulfill what was said through the prophet Isaiah. Land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. This is seemingly a non-essential detail. John is arrested, John the Baptist that is, and Jesus returns to Nazareth in Galilee, which is part of the northern territories of Judea. And from there, he goes even further north to Capernaum, which is in the ancient boundary lines um, for the tribes of Naphtali and Zebulun. And we learn, after Matthew tells us that that's where Jesus has gone to, that this is significant because it fulfills a prophetic word written by Isaiah hundreds of years prior. Then Matthew reads to us the prophecy, And the story continues. Now, we're not told what work Jesus did there. We're not told why he went up there, other than he heard that John was arrested. Maybe that prompted his move. We don't know if he's even aware of this line in Isaiah and whether he's acting to fulfill the prophecy or not. All we're told is this statement about geography and this transition statement of where Jesus is headed. And then consequently that this fulfills something that was written in Isaiah hundreds of years ago, which just provides another layer of beauty and fullness to the story. I think what's so beautiful about this text is that the little details in your stories, which you have no idea are essential at the time, as the author continues to write your story, you'll discover later, are much more significant than you knew. So I remember when I was a junior in undergrad, uh, I studied abroad in London. And at the time, I was a business major and um, pursuing um, work in that vein. I wanted to work with nonprofits. um, And through a really interesting process, I did an internship, which was very last minute, with uh, Wesley's Chapel. So John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, um, he had a church in um, in London, central London. And uh, though I didn't necessarily want to work with a church per se, I was more interested in working with uh, Christian nonprofits. I ended up working at this church. Um, the the pastor of this church was a man who became a very important mentor in my life. Uh, He was also a member of the House of Lords of Parliament in England. Uh, And so he was a really um, well-to-do guy, but incredibly humble. He had lived and served as a pastor in Haiti for like 28 years. And so he was just a really, really amazing man. Well, fast forward. Uh, a couple years, and 
I discover that my story is not heading into business. I'm actually um, being led to go back to seminary um, to become a pastor. Well, I apply for a seminary, which is near where I grew up, and um, historically is a Methodist seminary. I have very little qualifications to get into this school. Uh, it's a really good school. Um, I, uh, I had no religion background. I had no English background. Uh, I had no political science or any really humanities background. I was a finance major. I was in the realm of business. Uh, but I applied to this school um, kind of foolishly. One of my references came from this guy, came from the pastor of Wesley's Chapel. And when he sent over the reference, he wrote it on uh, parliamentary uh, stationery, <laughs> which I thought was a nice touch. And though I cannot prove it, I'm, I'd be willing to wager that one of the key reasons why I got into this school is because the pastor of one of like the, the motherships of the Methodist movement who was also a member of the House of Lords, wrote a reference letter for me encouraging the school to let me in because I wasn't Methodist. <laughs> um, and so I, I just think there are more details like that in your story than you realize. That God is steering your ship, so to speak. That there are relationships that you're in. There are seemingly weird and non-essential details that are happening that given time will end up being really cool and beautiful layers to your story later on. So I encourage you just to keep your eyes open. Just look around or maybe even take stock of your story thus far and see what what details that you thought were just totally insignificant at the time have ended up being really, really important and a beautiful testament to who God is now. Lord, our prayer is simple today. Will you give us eyes to see the, the details that you're writing in our stories? Will you give us eyes to see um, how nothing is wasted. Nothing is wasted. We give you permission to continue writing our stories. We give you permission to lead us. We love you. Amen. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of The Bite. To find out more about the mission and ministry of Hope Brooklyn and to subscribe to our other podcasts and lots more, visit us online at www.hopebrooklyn.org.